Heavenly Father, we do thank you so much for your word, that here we are taught by you, the living God, and what we read here this morning is truth. It is not full of lies and deceit to win people over to a particular religion that glorifies man. But, Lord, here we read what glorifies you. Lord, we pray that we may not just listen to the teaching this morning and it may only affect our minds, but, Lord, may it affect our hearts as well. May we be changed by listening to your word this morning and may we go out of here keeping your word within us. May the people gathered here this morning not go outside and vomit up the word of God that they have just heard, but may they retain it for the rest of their lives, the instruction that they've heard here now. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, last week we were continuing our series through 1 Peter chapter 3, and this morning we're going to finish um, the series and then I'll return to it sometime after Easter. But last week we looked at what it is to live rightly. So we looked at particularly verses 8 and 9 of 1 Peter chapter 3, where we read, Finally, all of you live in harmony with one another. So that was the first thing we're meant to do, is live harmoniously. Second thing was be sympathetic from verse 8. Love as brothers, be compassionate, be humble, and then from verse 9 was, do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult, but with blessing. We're not supposed to, when someone insults us, return the insult. No, we're supposed to bless them in return. So last week we saw what it is to live rightly, but I didn't actually look at the reasons why we should live rightly that are given in the text. And this is something that often accompanies commandments. When we have a commandment given to us, often we have a reason why we should follow that command. With the commands that I give Joshua, I don't give him reasons for why he shouldn't do something. When I say don't play with the TV remotes, that's it. I say no, don't touch that. Whereas Jill, she always says, no, Joshua, honey, you can't touch the TV remotes because... We lose them and then we can't watch anything. And that actually happened one evening. Someone had had the TV remote. We had a DVD from the shop to watch a hired one. And we put it in. And, of course, the minimal buttons on the actual player itself, we couldn't get the movie to start. We upturned the entire house looking for this stupid remote. I was resolved to shoot down to Officeworks and get a universal remote because I couldn't find it. And Jill found it down the back of the dresser. Someone had popped it down there thinking that was a good place to keep it. Jill gives reasons as to why Joshua should follow commands. I think the only reason he needs at this stage is... Don't because daddy said so. That's the only reason he needs. And God is the same. Sometimes he gives us commands and we don't know why he wants us to behave in that particular way. We can't see the logic behind it. But sometimes he does. And I think it's according to our needs. Just like I don't think Joshua is ready to understand. No, Joshua, honey, you can't touch the remotes because we'll lose them. So God sometimes thinks, no, you can't understand why, and so I'm not going to tell you why, you just don't do it. But here, when he tells us to live righteously in 1 Peter 3, he gives us some commands. And so that's what we're going to look at this morning is, what are the results of living righteously? And so my first main point this morning is, righteous living 
brings blessings now. Righteous living brings blessing now. And we see this uh, said to us in verse 9, which we looked at last week. Do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult, but with blessing, because to this you were called so that you may inherit a blessing. You are called to live righteously, to repay insults with blessing, because you will inherit a blessing. You will be blessed by God if you live righteously. And then Peter goes on to back up his statement with an Old Testament proof text. Whenever uh, some of these New Testament writers speak, they also like to bring in the Old Testament to show that what they're speaking is backed up by the Old Testament, by the very words of God in the Old Testament. And so Peter quotes from Psalm 34 to confirm that those who live righteously will be blessed. And so he gives us several blessings from Psalm 34 if we live righteously. And the first of those is the blessing of loving life. Verse 10, For whoever would love life and see good days must keep his tongue from evil and his lips from deceitful speech. There is a blessing of loving life. To love being alive is a good thing. You should not wish that you were dead. You should not have thoughts about committing suicide and ending everything. No, there is a blessing of loving life, of just loving that you're alive and that you're here serving God. There's a more youthful expression of it these days of being high on life. I shouldn't encourage anyone from the pulpit to be high but because uh, there's usual connotations attached to that. But that expression does sum up what I think we can say about life is that we can be high on being alive, that you just love that you're alive and enjoy being alive and serving God by living righteously. And so that's one of the blessings that comes with living righteously is that you just love being alive. Love that you're alive and don't wish that you were dead. Secondly, second blessing, the blessing of seeing good days. Verse 10, For whoever would love life and see good days must keep his tongue from evil and his lips from deceitful speech. There's a blessing of seeing good days. What are good days? Good days can mean quality of life, that you are enjoying the life that you have, that you're seeing good things in your life. That can be material blessings. It can be uh, just a contentment, a peace of having uh, your life in you and that you're alive. You're, just, you're seeing good days in the quality of life that you're experiencing. You're experiencing good relationships. You're experiencing many blessings from God. You're experiencing great quality of life. The other way that we can have a good life as well is by length of life. A good life is one that is old and full of years, is the expression again and again in the Old Testament, that someone sees a length of days. And some commandments in the Old Testament, particularly in the Ten Commandments, there's a blessing of long life attached to them. Why should you honour your mother and father? so that you may live long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. You want to live long in the land? Honor your parents. There's a blessing of length of days attached to being obedient and respectful to your parents. And so that's what Peter's saying here. You live righteously, 
You'll see good days, and that can mean quality of life. It can mean length of days, that you live a long and prosperous life. Third blessing, the blessing of God's eyes upon you. And we skip down to verse 12 to see that. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous. God's eyes are on you, and that's a great blessing if you are a righteous person. How is having God's eyes on you a good thing? Well, it means that he's looking out for you and caring for you. I take Joshua to the local park and he plays on the equipment there. And I do see other children as they're playing, just like God sees unrighteous people as they're living here on earth. But I've got a particular eye for Joshua as he's playing on that equipment, a particular eye to see that his cares are are met, any needs he has are going to be taken care of. I've got my eye on him, and that's a good thing for him to have. And it's the same with God. He's got his eye on you, a particular concern for you, for the needs that you've got, for the concerns that you have, and he's there ready to meet them as they come up in your life. The other way that this is a good thing as well is that God has his eye on you, delighting in you. When I watch Joshua and he's playing, he gets I, I can laugh at what he's doing and smile at him, and he likes that I'm watching sometimes. He looks over, he's been playing on the slide, I've been reading my book, he looks over and sees that I'm watching him, and this big grin comes on his face. And he sort of bobs his head at me and smiles cheekily. He knows that I'm watching him and he just loves the fact that I'm watching him and that I'm delighting in him as he's enjoying himself on the play equipment. And it's the same with God. He looks at you and delights in you as you live righteously. He is happy with you. He is pleased with you for what you're doing. And that's a blessing. And you can smile back at God just like Joshua smiles back at me when my eye is upon him and say, Yes, Lord, take pleasure in me and the way I'm living here righteously before you. Fourth blessing, the blessing of heard prayers. Verse 12, for the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are attentive to their prayer. I brought this one up a couple of weeks ago when we looked at husbands uh, respecting their, uh, considering their wives, being considerate towards them and respecting them, that your prayers can be hindered if you're a bad husband. But here is a more general application of that idea that God's ears are attentive to the prayers of those who are righteous. So just like I hear other children cry out on the play equipment, I hear Joshua's cries And I answer those in a way I don't answer the cries of the other children. The other children might be hungry, thirsty. I don't meet their needs. They aren't my children. But Joshua, when he wants his bottle and he does his little, he does sign language, he does one sign language, and that's a opening and clasping of the hand to mean bottle. He does that to me. I know that he wants his bottle and I will give it to him. If another child did that, I wouldn't care. Uh, Well, I might care if there's no one else around, but if there's a parent there, it's not my problem, it's not my child. And it's the same with God. He hears the prayers, he answers the prayers of those who are righteous, of those who are his children and are living according to his ways. The blessing of heard prayer is there for those who live according to God's ways. 
And then fifthly, the last blessing that's given to us from Psalm 34, but by Peter, is the blessing of God's face not against you. Also in verse 12, For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are attentive to their prayer, but the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. Now this seems like a bit of a contradiction here. We're saying that God's eyes are a good thing on you. Now we're saying that we don't want God's face against us, God's face towards us, him looking at us. And that's because there is a sense where someone looking at you can be a good thing or it can be a bad thing based on what you're doing. And I see this with my son Joshua. I'm using him a lot for sermon illustrations today, but I figure I'll make the most of it now before he can start complaining that you're always mentioning me in, in sermons. Um, but yes, he will. Uh, he doesn't do it so much anymore, but early on he used to grab your hand, lead you round the corner, lead you to a seat and push you, stay here, Dad. And then he'd nip round into the kitchen and open a cupboard door. And if you got up to follow him, he'd go, no, 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 and push you back, lead you back. You're meant to stay here, Dad, so you can't see what I'm doing because your face will be against me and I know I will get in trouble. Having someone's face towards you when you are living wrongly is a bad thing, particularly if they can punish you. And that is the case with God. His face is against evil. And that includes you if you are practicing evil. God will punish you. He will discipline you. You may not end up, you know, being a non-Christian or, you know, that you aren't his child anymore, but he can make your life very painful. Just like I can make Joshua's life very painful if he is doing the wrong thing. And so it is with us. We should want to live righteously so that we have God's eye on us for delight not because we're doing the wrong thing and he is angry with us and glowering at us and being angry. We want God's face to be on us, but for good reason, not to be against us. So there's five blessings for you. Loving life, good days, God's eyes on you, God hearing your prayers, and God's face not against you. Now, am I suggesting here that if you do good, if you live righteously, you won't experience any pain or suffering in your life. That it all be blessings upon blessings to you and you will have a, a very prosperous and happy life. No, I'm not saying that. Because we've seen in Peter, and we'll see again and again as we work through the book, that part of a Christian's calling is pain and suffering. Suffering is part of what it means to be a Christian. And so when Peter talks about blessing here and good days, notice there's no mention of material wealth, which is often something that is taught by Christian preachers. It's called prosperity doctrine, that if you are a good Christian, you will have lots of money in the bank and lots of material possessions around you. That is not what is being said here. It says that you love life and that you see good days. What's Peter saying then? Well, he's saying that you can enjoy life if you're a Christian and you can see good days in the fact that you experience a, a goodness, a, a blessing from God throughout your days, that you are content 
with what's going on in your life, that you are at peace. Even when suffering is there and and pain is in your life, you can still say, this is a good day because I am one of God's children, because he has blessed me in so many other ways. Yes, I am wracked with pain. Yes, I'm experiencing great suffering, but God has given me many good things. And I am seeing good days right here, right now, because of what the Lord is doing for me. No, you won't necessarily be wealthy and have a lot of money, have a lot of possessions if you're a Christian. But you will see good days. You will be thankful that you're alive if you live righteously. God will make you happy with whatever circumstance you are in. So what should you be doing? Well, I want to encourage you with my second main point now. Live righteously now. Live righteously today. Last week we saw how to live righteously. We saw from verse 8 that we should live in harmony with one another, that we should be sympathetic, that we should love as brothers, that we should be compassionate and humble, and that we should repay evil with blessing. And this week, Peter adds an extra couple of commands in the verses that we're looking at. So we had six last week. Here's an extra few. Firstly, keep your tongue from evil and your lips from deceitful speech. Verse 10, for whoever would love life and see good days must keep his tongue from evil and his lips from deceitful speech. I want to remind you, as I've reminded you in the past, that the tongue is a cruel, cruel weapon. You can use your tongue for great evil. You can use it for evil by the way that you speak about other people, the gossip that you share about others. You can use it for great evil by the lies that you tell. You can use it for great evil by hateful speech and calling people names, giving insults to people with your tongue. You can use your tongue for great evil by unwholesome speech, by saying things that are just completely unedifying for the people to hear. And people have used their tongues through history to accomplish great, great evil through the speeches that people give as they motivate people to do evil rather than to do good. God does not want you to use your tongue for evil and your lips for deceitful speech. He wants you to use your tongue for good, to praise others, to encourage others, to say wholesome things, not unwholesome things, to others. That is how you live righteously and that is how you experience the blessings of God. What else are we to do? Verse 11, he must turn from evil and do good. Stop doing evil is what God wants you to do so that you can inherit a blessing from him. But don't just stop doing evil. What does he say? Do good. Turn from evil and do good. It's not enough to abstain from evil works, from stopping doing bad things, You must do good. For some people, the problem is not so much that they don't do anything wrong. It's that they just don't do anything. They just stay in their bed all day or sit on the couch and watch TV all day and do nothing at all productive with their life. It's not that they're going out and actively stealing cars and 
um, embezzling money, doing anything wrong, murdering others. No, they just aren't doing anything. No, God says, return from evil and do good. Do things that are good and wholesome and pleasing to God. Stop doing evil, do good. And then one last thing that Peter adds to the list of how to live righteously is from verse 11 where he tells us to be peaceful. Verse 11, he must turn from evil and do good. He must seek peace and pursue it. We are to be peacemakers. We are to be people of peace. It doesn't come easily. We are people who love conflict. We are people who love to war against others. But that is not what we are called to do. No, we are called to seek peace and pursue it. We are to seek peace with one another. We are to actively try and renew the relationships that we have with others when they're broken. We chase them down. When you have a problem with your brother or sister, you go for them. And I mean sister, brother and sister in Christ. You go and you try and get peace with them. You pursue them. And make sure that things are reconciled between you and that person. You are peacemakers. If you want the blessing of God, you need to be a peacemaker, not a peace breaker. So that's how we're to live righteously, is to do those things that we looked at last week, but we've got the extra things of watching our tongues, doing good and not evil, and seeking peace. So if you are a Christian and you're here this morning, I want to ask you, I want to look at you particularly and say, do you love life? Do you enjoy being alive? Do you see good days? Do you acknowledge that today is a good day and that you had a good day yesterday and that tomorrow you expect it to be a good day as well? Do you love life? Do you see good days? Do you feel that God is watching over you, that his eye is upon you, and that he is delighting in you as you live according to his laws? Do you feel that God hears your prayers, that his ears are attentive to you? Do you feel that God's face is maybe against you? I want to ask you, if you feel that way, that you don't love life, that you don't think you're seeing good days, that you feel that God is not watching over you, that he doesn't hear your prayers, and that his face is against you, is the problem with you? We often like to blame God when he doesn't hear our prayers. But is the problem with you? Is it because you are not living righteously according to God's laws? that you are not living harmoniously, you're not living sympathetically, you're not living lovingly towards those around you, you're not compassionate, you're not humble, you're not keeping your tongue and your lips from evil, and you're not turning from evil and doing good, and you're not seeking peace, but instead you seek conflict. Is that the problem with you? There's not a problem with God that you don't enjoy life. There's not a problem with God that you don't see good days. The problem is with you. I want you to carefully consider that this morning. If you're not enjoying being alive, then is the problem you and the way that you live? Now, what I've said this morning starts to imply that if you live 
righteously, that you will automatically inherit blessings. And then we also consider, do the blessings that are spoken of here also speak of the blessings that are to come? Is the blessing of God only for now, these blessings that we've read of this morning? I want to look at this morning that these blessings also are blessings in the future. And that's my third main point this morning. Righteous living brings blessing in the future. Because all these blessings that we've read of this morning can be easily said of heaven. Whoever would love life is also something about heaven. We will love being alive in heaven. It is eternal life. And what else about heaven? See good days. It will be good days in heaven. What else in heaven? What else did we see? God's eyes. God's eyes will be on you in heaven. And God's ears, the blessing of God listening to you, will be in heaven. And God's face not being against you will also be an aspect of heaven. So is it only speaking about blessing now or speaking of blessing in the future? I think it's both. I think we experience the blessings of God now, those blessings, and also in the future. Commentators seem to go either way, or um, they seem to go for the future, or they seem to go here and now. I think we can take it as both, and some other commentators actually say that. I think if we live righteously now, we can be said to be inheriting the blessing of heaven. But how does that work? Because then it makes it sound like righteous living brings eternal life, brings all these blessings, that If you live righteously, your good works save you. No, that's not true at all. Your good works do not save you because your bad works condemn you. And the trouble with everyone is that none of us do anything good. All of us are condemned to eternity in hell. So how does righteous living bring these good things in eternal life? Well, it's Jesus' righteousness. Jesus living righteously brings these blessings for us in eternity in heaven. And that's my fourth main point this morning. Get Jesus' righteousness now. Because Jesus' death at the cross takes away your sin. All the problems that you have caused in your life, all the evil that you have done has been washed away through Jesus' death if you believe that it is so that his sacrifice at the cross pays for your sin. And then Jesus' righteous life, the way he lived, as one who was harmonious, as one who was sympathetic, as one who was loving, as one who was compassionate, as one who was humble, as one who repaid insults with blessing, as one whose tongue was never evil, as one whose lips were never deceitful, as one who always sought peace. All that life of his, all that righteousness is credited over to you. And so you inherit these blessings forever. If you will accept his death and his life for yourself. How do you accept it? Well, you repent of your sins. You say that you are a sinner, that you have committed much evil in your life. You say sorry to God. And you turn from those sins that you have committed and believe that Jesus died for you. You believe that his death at the cross gets you these blessings. 
that his righteousness comes over from him to you as your unrighteousness goes over to him. So if you're not a Christian and you're here this morning, hear this, that righteous living does bring eternal blessing, but it is Jesus' righteous living that brings it. And you need it now. Because if you don't accept it, if you don't repent of your sins and believe in Jesus, then you're eternally condemned and you do not receive these blessings for eternity. You will not love being alive in hell. You will not be seeing good days in hell. You will not be experiencing God's eyes upon you and delighting in you. You will not, he will not be listening to your cries. He will hear them as you cry in hell, but he will not come to your aid and his face will not just be against you in this life, but it will be eternally against you. Don't let that happen. Embrace Jesus' righteous life today so that you experience blessings now and that you experience his blessings for eternity. Repent and believe right now for what you have done with your life and trust in Jesus Christ. Let us speak with him now. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are the great gracious God that you are, that you shower us with so many blessings when we don't deserve them. But Lord, we thank you that you also give us blessings for the righteous things that we do, that if we live righteously before you, that you do listen to our prayers, that you do place your eyes upon us and you turn your face away so that we are not experiencing you against us. Lord, we pray that each of the Christians here this morning may want your blessing and may they want to have it because they live righteously. And Lord, we also pray for those this morning who have not repented of their sins and believed in Jesus. We pray that they may want your blessing. They may embrace you right now confess that they are sinners and need Jesus Christ and trust that he died for them so that they experience your blessings now and they experience your blessings for eternal life. And we pray this in your son's name. Amen.